Hey there, before we dive into today's episode, I want to invite you to a free 60-minute masterclass I'm going to be hosting on Thursday, May 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a masterclass for those of you who've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's or perhaps even suspect you have Hashimoto's and haven't been formally diagnosed yet. And are confused, you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated, I'm going to be sharing with you the six mile post that you need in order to create your own Hashimoto's roadmap. We're gonna be breaking down what your diagnosis actually means, what Hashimoto's actually is, your symptoms, your triggers, and how you can take the next best step for you, your life, and your future to get the results that you want. You can head to updogwellnessandfitness.com slash roadmap, or I'll drop the link in the show notes today. That's updogwellnessandfitness.com slash roadmap. This masterclass is 60 minutes, totally free. It's going to be held on Thursday, May 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure that you register so if you can't make it live, you can get the replay. And I hope to see you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Metabolism Mindset and Macros podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Guevara, certified functional nutritionist, and I help women just like you with Hashimoto's or PCOS reverse their symptoms without extreme diets or extreme supplement protocols. And today I am going to talk about this is actually a really inspired topic because it's something that I've been moving through personally lately, but also generally a pretty controversial and, and heated conversation for, for whatever reason. And that's all around exercise and autoimmunity. So whether you have Hashimoto's or PCOS, I myself have both. Exercise can be one of one of those things that's really a, a really a hot topic. It gets really heated because so many of us are going to our doctors for support with our symptoms, whether it's energy or um, muscle aches and pains, joint pain, fatigue, all kinds of different ways that, you know, these conditions are showing up in our bodies, unwanted weight gain, stubborn weight loss, blood sugar management, all of these reasons that logically and, and evidence supports exercise would be a really, really positive thing for us. However, what I found both through my own personal experience, my own personal journey, and from so many of the women I, women I speak with and I'm working with, they're told, you know, this is just a simple of equation of what we're eating and how we're exercising. And so I'll get clients that are working with me that are like, you know, my doctor told me I needed to do more cardio or my doctor told me I needed to do X, Y, and Z with no evidence supporting that that's going to support that individual human. But it leaves, it leaves folks feeling like, again, they're doing things wrong or when they can't do the things that a trusted care provider is, is asking them to do, um, then it, you know, is just another scenario to leave us feeling like a failure. And if you're anything like me, you know, struggling with autoimmunity can be enough of a mind game, a mind game of what we're capable of and in the possibilities. And so for me, when I was initially diagnosed with Hashimoto's, um, I've been active my whole life. I was in gymnastics, competitive horseback riding. I was on the swim team when I was younger, um, dance competitions. I literally have been active for as long as my my memory goes back. And so 
when I was struggling to get a diagnosis, I was really struggling with, with fatigue and I was really struggling with, with muscle aches and pains. And it, and it wasn't until um, the pandemic shut everything down and, and my body, my body just started to shut down because I lost access to the things that were essentially keeping me going that I realized how bad the aches and pains were. And so early on in my career as a personal trainer, I had, you know, I was, I was extreme. I was working out three times a day. If you remember, um, I don't know if they still do this, but when Beachbody started doing the, the live insanity classes, I was like an OG uh, insanity live class. I was doing that multiple evenings per week and I was strength training and I was doing cardio and I was doing all the things. None of this is healthy, right? And this is probably actually what fueled my autoimmune condition, you know, looking back on that now, but activity was, was all that I knew. So as my body started to what feel, what felt like slow down and, and just rebel against me and not let me do the things that I, that I wanted to do, I felt really helpless and hopeless. I was, I was really discouraged because, you know, there's all the, this messaging about how good exercise is for your mental health and how good exercise is for X, Y, and Z. And for me, it felt really bad for my mental health. It felt like, I was no longer able to do things that I quote should definitely as a personal trainer, right? Definitely as somebody who is in the health and fitness space, I should be able to do things. Um, my abuse, because that's what it was of my physical body early on in my career is actually what led me to doing things like yoga teacher training and, and exploring different modalities to support my body, to support healing and longevity and, and to support some of these pains. And little did I know um, that that was a huge, that, that would later become a huge part of me actually being able to reverse the symptoms of autoimmunity and, and to put it in remission where I still sit today. And so there's a lot of confusing information around what we should, you can't see my air quotes again, what we should be doing with our bodies when we suffer from, from autoimmunity, whether it's, you know, we, people will say if you have PCOS, for example, or we have blood sugar issues that we should spend a lot of time doing high intensity. We should do high intensity intervals and things like that in order to, to help lose body fat and things like that. That's going to be best for the metabolism. That's going to stoke our metabolism and all of those things, or we should do less cardio and we should do more strength training. We should do just yoga and Pilates and, and lower intensity things. And so from where I'm sitting, and this took me a long time to get here through my own personal journey and struggle. And it's it's something that I've really had to sit with in this postpartum phase of life that I'm currently sitting in is this messaging of what we should be doing or we shouldn't be doing pulls away from the number one benefit from in my mind, from where I'm sitting, the number one benefit of any type of exercise for autoimmunity. And that is the mental resilience. That is you having a moment to realize how strong you are, how capable you are, and that you can do hard things. Now, those that have worked with me either in the past or are currently working with me will be the first to tell you, I'm a pretty straightforward person. I don't like to sugarcoat things. We're not going to add any unnecessary fluff around here. Um, and so that being said, autoimmunity is hard. Autoimmunity is hard. It's complex. It can be unpredictable. You know, there's there's variables of it. Sure, with anything, there are variables that we can control. There are circumstances we can control, but there's a lot of things that that we can't control. You know, really recently for me, back in in January of this year, this this episode um, will air in in May of 2023, and so in January. I got COVID after almost three years. 
And that was a circumstance that I couldn't control. I couldn't control the fact that that threw me back into an autoimmune flare after being in remission for quite some time. And so there were a lot of, of negative things. And one of the things that, that I experienced sometimes, not all the time, different autoimmune flares can look differently. It is um, joint pain and joint inflammation. And so at the beginning of the year, I set a goal and I've talked about it on the show multiple times. I set a goal of running two to three days per week outside with my baby in the stroller. And after COVID, I got terrible knee pain to the point where I thought I'd injured myself running and, and I was doing strength training and I was doing all the things. And I'd really gotten into a groove with, with a training split where I had my strength days and I had my running days and it was feeling really good. I was really, really consistent and really, really motivated. But then all of a sudden I had the, this joint pain. And so my stubborn self per usual started to push through. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep going until, you know, finally I had to to seek a little extra help. And it was like, you know what, this is, this is an inflammatory thing where, you know, we don't need to just sit down and prop it up, which, you know, who can when you, when you have three kids, but we do need to take a period of time where, where we, we rest and, and we decrease the inflammation in the joint, which was really, really discouraging because I felt really proud of the accomplishments that I had been making, you know, um, at we're almost 10 months into this, <laughs> this first year um, with a baby, and we're still not sleeping all the way through the night. And so I, I was tired, and I worked full time and managing the house. And I was really, really proud of how far I'd come with, with my fitness journey, um, returning to fitness, postpartum and making time for it and everything. So it just felt really, really discouraging to look at it in, um, in that I had to stop literally my new year's resolution had to stop after I got COVID in the first month of the year, which, you know, is, is, is a, a different story around mindset and that all or nothing, nothing thinking, right. My, my new year's resolution did not go out the window. Everything was, was not lost just because of that one thing. But, but in that moment, that, that is what I was feeling that, that, that is what was coming up for me. And, you know, I see this with so many people that I work with in, they get started with something and something happens. And for one reason or another, they're having to scale back. They're having to change things. And it leads to this, this constant feeling of not enoughness or yeah. And, you know, the fact that we can't follow through with things or we can't keep up with things and this person's able to do this and I'm not able to do this. And, and just all this negative self-talk and these negative feelings towards our body and, and ourselves, which again, from where I'm sitting defeats the purpose of actually getting up and doing the thing. And so for, I don't know, gosh, a month, I really struggled with getting back quote on track. Now, I don't like on again, off again, you know, all or nothing kind of situation, but I did. I did feel like I was kind of walking along the railroad track on the side rather than back on um, the actual tracks. And I think it's fair, you know, to look at it as like I didn't stop. None of us ever really stop. Right. You know, we keep moving forward as human beings. Time does not stop. And so I, I think that that it's a pretty accurate description of kind of looking at it. You know, I want to be on the railroad tracks, but I'm over here walking behind or beside it. I'm thinking about it. I'm, vi I'm visualizing, you know, what I want to do. I'm trying to plan for it. And it's just, I'm just not quite hopping back over. And it wasn't until I really had to start getting out of my own way. And, and part of this is my education. In, you know, uh, I spent a really long time as a personal trainer before I just became a straight up health coach. Um, 
a lot of time working with athletes and all kinds of different populations. And so um, I have a lot of knowledge around what is, quote, the best way to work out. And I used to be really dogmatic and 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 really just kind of, um, I don't know, snobby about what was the best way. And so arguably a progressive overload where we're constantly progressing and we're tracking progress is the quote, you can't see my air quotes again, best way for us to work out. Strength training is the best way for us to work out, to build um to build muscle, to support our bone mass, to support our um, our bone density, to support our metabolism. And let's be honest, if we want to have a physique, physique that looks good, we want muscle. We want lean muscle mass. And that comes from a progressive overload strength training program, resistance training. And so it's interesting because at the beginning of the year, right, I started running and I got all kinds of comments about, you know, running being a great way to quote, lose the baby weight. So many air quotes in this episode, lose the baby weight postpartum. And that had nothing to do with my running journey. It was another thing for me to challenge myself and to show myself my, my mental resilience, my mental toughness in this postpartum phase, dealing with autoimmunity that I could do hard things running with this baby so that he could look at me and be like, wow, my mom, you know, He's not even a year old yet, but you know what I mean? My mom um, can do really hard things. This is really hard. I see her breathing heavy. She wants to stop, but she keeps going. And I had a light bulb around, you know, that's the point, arguably for anyone to work out, but especially when we're dealing with these conditions that can be a little less predictable. And let's be honest, life in general can be a little less than predictable, Working out doesn't have to be about a progressive overload. Working out doesn't have to be about the perfect split. What day is leg day? What day is upper body day? What day is whatever day, cardio day, low intensity day, all of that, all that mess, which is valuable. I don't want to discount it. Spent a long time. I still have many clients that I program in this way for. But for a lot of us, whether you're just a mom and you're like, you know what? I don't even have autoimmunity, but I'm hearing this. You're a mom. Your time is unpredictable. Your sleep is unpredictable. All of these different things. The thought that we need to have the perfect split can be one of the things that's preventing us from doing the thing anyway, that we need to have the perfect workout program. I started hiring out my programming a long time ago. I love programming. Started hiring out my own programming a long time ago. Because I would spend so much time, I would waste so much time figuring out what the perfect programming is for me, what the perfect split is for me, all these different things that I would waste so much mental energy, so much time on doing this that I didn't have the energy or the time or the desire to actually follow through with the plan. I can't tell you how many plans I've written for myself and I've done like maybe one to two workouts in them. But here I am still dealing with some fatigue, not getting consistent sleep. Don't have a consistent schedule, trying to maintain a full client load, work full time, do all the things. And I found myself, I was talking to my coach and I was like, you know what? I found myself just losing the motivation, the inspiration to do what I coach people to do. And as I was kind of exploring it and I was looking, I started shopping around as so many of us do this program, that program, what's going to be the best program, busy mom, working mom, don't have any time, don't have any energy. Where do I go? What kind of program for myself? Where do I go? And I realized that I didn't need anything other 
than to just do it. You know, it's funny. I have a Peloton. I love Peloton. Um, we don't have a Peloton tread. We just have a um, a regular treadmill that we inherited with this house. <laughs> Turns out it's a funny story because I wanted to move the tread to a more desirable location. Turns out the reason they left the treadmill is because they apparently put it together in the room that it's in and you can't get it out of the room. So I guess it'll stay there until it dies and then we'll have to break it apart to get it out. But anyway, we have the Peloton bike and we have a treadmill and I love Peloton instructors. I love the vibe. I love the music. I love all the things. But as someone that has so much knowledge and experience with with strength training and and all of that jazz and programming and all of that stuff, I've kind of just like snuffed, you know, Peloton, different strength workouts and things like that because it's random, right? It's not, there's no progressive overload there. You're not following an, an appropriate, again, air quotes, split. And, you know, we're not doing the same exercises over and over again, adding weight. Of course you can, you can repeat the same workout. Um over and over and doing all the things. It's just kind of random. And I was like, this is not beneficial. Or is it? Or is it? Is it my own brain self-sabotaging and saying, you know, look, you know this, this is not beneficial. Don't do this versus yeah, it is. Yes, it is. So that's exactly what I started doing. I started doing a couple of 15 minute Peloton strength classes, four days a week, 15 minutes. And it was hard. It was hard because I chose weights and I chose things that would challenge me. And I realized nine times out of 10 that the benefit I was receiving from that workout had literally nothing to do with weight loss, nothing to do with building muscle, nothing to do with really anything other than I did something good for my body. I am developing and nurturing a healthy habit. And at the end of that workout, I was breathing a little bit heavy, had a little sweat, and I was proud of myself. I was proud of myself because it wasn't convenient. Um, I didn't really feel like doing it. And in my brain, it didn't feel like it was the, quote, best thing for me to do. And so here we are, like, I don't know, maybe eight weeks out from this. And I just had another rough spell. Um, at the time that I'm recording this, I just finished my workout not too long ago, like sweat still in my hair. Um, just sipping my coffee, sitting outside, getting some fresh air, baby's down for a nap. And so this has really just been top of mind and on my heart and why I wanted to sit down and, and record this because I just had just a really rough spell. Again, we had kids home for spring break and I prioritize spending as much time as possible with them. And I'm not in a season where I can get up super early to get my workout in because rest is important. Rest is super important, whether you have autoimmunity or not. And so I kind of intentionally took a week off from what I'd been doing. And let's be clear, I'm doing max 30 minutes of, of strength training, four-ish days of week. And so I took a, I took a little period of time off of that from that. It's, it's never a bad thing to do that. And my kids were here, so we were still active and we were moving around. I was hitting my step goals. We were going for walks and it was great. And then I went through this period in this past week where my mood was just really, really low. I was, I was more depressed. I was sad. Um, I'm very aware my older two kids are 16 and 14. And so the 16 year old is, you know, we're starting to do college tours and things like that. And he's very rapidly reaching the point where, you know, he's not going to want to spend spring break at home with his mom. Um, he's already talking about all of his plans for this summer. And then, you know, the 14 year old is right behind him and I have this little baby and I'm just very aware of how fast this time goes. 
And so I had just a little bit of a down week and it was also a hard week with the baby. He started, (laughs) he started crawling. Um, He started crawling and at the same time, just got super mobile trying to break out of his playpen and um, his high chair and all of the things. And so it was just an energetically taxing week. My husband had to work extra this past week. And so it was just, it was a hard week. It was a hard week. And I didn't feel like working out. I just didn't feel like it. And I knew it. And so here comes my coach brain. It's like, you know what? Working out is good for you. It's going to be good for your mental health. It's going to make you happy and all of those things. And I thought for a moment, that might be true. That might be true. There's a lot of messaging out there that tells that and science supports, you know, how exercise and moving our body regularly can help manage stress, can help, you know, manage our mood and things like that. But that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough for me this past week. And I don't know what flipped, but the switch flipped this past Saturday morning. It's Monday now. This past Saturday morning. And I got up first thing, nursed the baby, took him straight down to the gym with me. My husband had to go into work and we did a 15 minute workout and it was hard. It was hard. And I was sweating and I was breathing heavy and I sat there for a moment and I could just feel my body, you know, just reaching for that next breath. And I was like, this is an excellent reminder of how strong you are. And so I was really inspired. I was really motivated. I was really proud of myself, which I think we don't say often enough. So I did it again yesterday. I did it again today. Actually today, I have really been wanting to go back and do some warm yoga. I haven't done that since pre-pandemic. I've been really wanting to do it. And I found a yoga studio that's about a mile from the house as a 6 a.m. warm flow. And I was like, let's try that. So last night I signed up for the class, paid for the class Saturday night, baby slept super well. And then last night he was up every single hour. So I didn't make it to my warm yoga class that I paid for and set my alarm, laid my clothes out. I was so proud of myself. And again, going back to circumstances, circumstances had a different idea. So when I woke up this morning, I made the decision at the 4.30 a.m., I need to get up and be held, um, that I wasn't going to get up at 5.30 and get ready for a yoga class. I made that decision, felt okay with that decision. It was in my best interest to get as much sleep as I possibly could because, again, I have clients to take care of. I have a baby to take care of all day. And so, yeah, so I had the option to say, you know what, that was my plan, quote, workout or movement for the day. I don't have anything else planned, so let's just not do anything. But instead, it's like, you know what, let's go down to the gym. Let's clear the cobwebs from our head. Let's just do some things. And I wish I could tell you, I was hateful, overwhelmed, tired, all the things, frustrated, disappointed, you name it. And I wish I could tell you like some of those Instagram influencers that immediately when I picked up that weight, I felt so good. I felt so good. I was energized. I forgot that I didn't sleep the night before. My mental health just like went from like the shitter to absolutely just like rainbows and unicorns. But none of that was true. None of that was true. At the end of the workout, I was still tired. I was still struggling, still frustrated, still overwhelmed. But I was proud of myself for making a choice because even though this workout, it's not going to show up on a scale. It's not going to show up in my biceps. It's probably not going to show up anywhere other than the fact that I got my heart rate up. I know that's positive for my health. I know it's positive for my body. And I'm proud of myself for doing something that's good for me. I'm proud of doing something that was inconvenient. I'm proud of doing something that was hard because it just continues to remind me that no matter how hard 
autoimmunity gets, no matter how hard, whatever gets, I'm resilient and I can still do hard things. So to wrap up this episode, I wanted to share just a few kind of guidelines, if you will. So those those that don't know me in real life, I don't know that I've ever really shared this on the podcast. So you, most of you may not know this. Um, my One of my favorite movies, other than The Wizard of Oz, is Pirates of the Caribbean. So I have several animals that are named from Pirates of the Caribbean. My horse that I've had for 17 years, her name is Calypso. The baby horse, she's two now, that I bought a couple of years ago, her name is Sparrow for Jack Sparrow. And then we have a William Turner um, who is our our poodle. So we have a lot of that running running through the house. But uh, so I, I get a kick up when I tell like my clients things. I'm like, these are guidelines. Um, so it's like the pirate code. It's the code to live by. And it's more like guidelines. And so we can bounce in between them. And so I wanted to share just just really quickly some some kind of more tangible and, and actionable tips towards the end of this episode. If you're like, but I still just don't really even know where to start with exercise and dealing with with my autoimmunity. And so I wanted to share some some things that you can use um, because again, there there is no arguing that regular exercise can be beneficial for for any human being out there. Um, but we the most important piece is that we want to tailor it to our individual needs, wants, and desires matter as well. Um, and not just blindly find, follow something that our doctor, unless your doctor is, you know, a personal trainer and is really in tune to everything that's going on with your body and your life, they probably are not an expert in that area. Um, and so blindly following that or what some influencer on Instagram probably does, and they don't even follow their own programming. I wanted to just give you like some checkpoints. You can be like, check, check, check. We got this. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I've really been struggling with autoimmunity and all the things, and I haven't really been working out moving my body, start slow, start slow with whatever you're doing. One of the interesting, and my brain goes immediately as well. Um, the workout that I did this morning, just for reference was 15 minutes and I was sweaty and I worked hard and, and I feel good about it, but our brains go that it needs to be this really big extreme thing just with everything we're extremist <laughs> um, but it's another way that all or nothing kind of comes up and so we have this story around it needs to be 60 minutes especially if you're going out to a physical gym it's not worth it to have the gym membership or drive to the gym unless i'm doing this full 60 minute workout and it's just not true it's just not true um i have a client of mine We've been working together for a year and we've been working together on so many things, um, reversing her symptoms of Hashimoto's. We're down like, I think close to 30 pounds now. We've done a lot of really powerful work together, but one of the things that we've really been working hard on recently is strength training. And it's something that's been really, really challenging for her for, for many different reasons. She does have, um, some, some physical limitations and things like that, but it's been really, really challenging. And you know, she told me in her check-in last week, she was like, this seems insignificant. And I love it when my clients tell me that. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this is going to be so much bigger than that because clients will be like, this is insignificant. And nine times out of 10, it's really, really not. I would probably go more 10 times out of 10. If you catch yourself saying this is insignificant back up because it's probably more significant than you think. But she's like, you know what? I, I left my weights beside my, my toilet. And every time I go to the toilet, I will grab my weights and I'll do five squats. And I was just so incredibly proud of her because 
again, our brains go this, we need to roll out a mat. We need to get on our workout clothes, but literally this is something that we're already doing. Like if you're drinking tons of water and you're like me, we're going to the bathroom multiple times per day. And a lot of us will just, you know, take our phones with us and scroll our phones or whatever. Don't pretend you're not that person. We all do it. But grabbing the weights and just doing that or grabbing the weights before you hop in the shower and just doing five squats. And she is so proud of herself because this has been so hard. And for me, that's the point. So back to this, starting slow. Um, So you can begin with low intensity exercises. You can start with walking. I am a huge advocate. This is the place that I love for my clients to start walking every single day. This is something that I, this is a non-negotiable for me. I know that if I've gotten out of the habit of walking, that something is up. Um, And that's how I knew I really struggled to get my walks in this past week. I got them, I think three out of five days, which is, which is definitely better than zero. Um, But walking for me is just one of those non-negotiable things, but it hasn't always been this way. Going back to starting really slow. A lot of my clients who aren't doing an intentional, that's what I like to call them, not a scheduled or a program, just an intentional walk. We start with five minutes, start with five minutes. Can you pace up and down your hallway for five minutes? Can you walk up and down your driveway for five minutes? Can you, if you have a treadmill at home, can you get on the treadmill for five minutes? And before you know it, that five minutes turns into seven, that turns into 10 and you're doing 30 minute walks. So just starting slow. I had a client just this past week, who ran out of her thyroid medication. And as soon as she did, she was just feeling really bleh. And so she had created this really um, um, strong routine of, of when she would work out and things like that. And so last week, she immediately, without me prompting her, uh, just started stretching because that's still exercising. That's still moving your body. We need to get out of this thinking that All these things need to be so big and so hard and so challenging because if we're dealing with autoimmunity, let's be honest, sometimes we're getting out of the bed feeling like we've never been (laughs) to sleep and stretching, rolling out your mat and intentionally stretching your body and breathing into your aches and pains. That's hard. That's hard. And so give yourself credit where credit is due. Start slow with time with frequency, with the intensity, with all of the things, and allow yourself to rack up those mental, emotional, and physical wins. Allow yourself to celebrate your consistency. Allow yourself to celebrate that mental resilience, that physical resilience, all the things. The second tip is to listen to your body. Now, you probably know I'm a huge component. This is literally the work that I do with my clients is to help them understand what their body is communicating to them. Listening to your body is huge. Pay attention to how your body feels during Well, okay. So I back it up before, during, and after. So before, this is my favorite piece because we like to know how our body's feeling. Yeah, physical, but mental and emotional as well. Were you dreading this workout? Was this inconvenient? Was this something that you didn't want to do? Because again, that goes back to showing us that mental toughness that we are, that we're fostering, that we're developing. How your body's feeling during exercise and how it's feeling after exercise. Take note if you're experiencing any kind of ickiness, pain, fatigue, um, take breaks as you need to push yourself a little bit. And when you need a break, take a break. That doesn't make you lazy. That doesn't make you wrong. That doesn't make you a quitter. Just means you're taking a break. And you can always modify the exercise to a lower intensity. Always. If you're trying to do something with weights, going back to those Peloton strength workouts, if you picked one with weights and you're like, I'm exhausted now, I can't pick up this weight, drop the weight. Drop the weight, modify. We don't ever have to stop unless we want and need to stop. And in my mind, resting is not stopping just for the record. 
The other thing that we can do if we're in, so I, I went back, going back to my flare where I had the joint thing, I was doing a lot of running. So I had to pull back. I started doing some Pilates, um, Peloton, by the way, um, with a friend, we meet up virtually every Wednesday and we do Pilates. So I started incorporating some lower impact activities in order to be able to still do things with my body. But I had to shift it up because my my joints were inflamed. Um, and that can be a common thing that that comes along with autoimmunity. So rather than feel like we definitely can run, we definitely can do higher impact exercises as it feels good, as it feels appropriate, as we want to and enjoy it. Um, but, you know, when we're in flares, we can opt for lower impact activities, things like the whole reason that we have a Peloton bike is because of my original flares and my knee pain and things like that. I was having a really hard time doing a lot of other things and cycling was really, really good for me. So cycling is, is, is a great lower impact activity. Um, things like swimming. Um, some people use elliptical machines. Those have never really felt good in my personal body. Um, but I'm not here to say what feels good in your personal body. So that could be a consideration as well. And then there is no argument for building muscle to help protect joints and improve your your overall physical function and aging and all of the things, right? Um, but it doesn't have to look like a fancy way. Again, I gave you the example of my client who's going to the bathroom with her weights and doing squats. There's a whole bunch of different ways. And again, I, I say this from somebody who's always just been like, a workout snob. This needs to be the appropriate split. We need to have a progressive overload and all of the things. Um, but this can look a multitude of different ways. So I encourage you to allow allow yourself to to think to think creativity creatively. <laughs> Let me butcher that word around what you actually want to do. Now, arguably, we don't. It doesn't always have to be what we want it to be. And sometimes the things that we don't want to do are the most effective. Um, there's definitely exercises that I don't love that I know that are good for me and, and I'll still incorporate and things like that. But when you're in a lull and you don't feel like working out and you're lacking motivation, you're lacking inspiration, one of the most powerful things that you can do is actually do what you want to do. Rather than just not exercising, not working out, not moving your body, pick something that you actually want to do. And then as the motivation and inspiration comes back, that's when you can start incorporating things that are a little bit harder, a little bit more challenging, and a little bit less than the things that that you want to do. Enjoyment and, and, and joyfulness should always be an element of it. But that doesn't mean that there's not periods that are harder, more challenging and exercises that we just don't love. Um, but save that for when motivation is high. I'm not going to do a whole episode right now because this is getting a little bit long on, you know, thinking exercise with your cycle. But you'll also notice um, if you are um, someone who is still cycling regularly, that you will have different ebbs and, and flows with your motivation around moving your body based on where you are in your cycle. And so there are periods of your cycle where you're just like, high five myself for taking a walk or doing some yoga or doing some stretches or whatever that looks like. And that doesn't mean that you're quitting on whatever you were doing when you were super motivated. We're still exercising. We're still moving our body. You're still showing up for yourself. So give yourself permission to bring joy back into exercise. It doesn't have to suck every single time. You don't have to leave the gym drenched in sweat. You don't even have to get breathless every single time. You're allowed to feel good moving your body and working out. And then the last kind of checkpoint that's just a non-negotiable, which again can be challenging, is to take rest days. Allowing your body to time to rest and recover after exercise, after a challenging 
time period, um, rest days are just as important as, as your workout days. It can prevent overstressing your body. Um, it can prevent continuing to inflame your body. It can prevent injury. Um, all kinds of different reasons to take rest. And so this becomes a practice of self-compassion of when do I need to rest and when do I need to be honest with myself and say like, okay, I could actually do something. So an example of that was this morning. I was honest with myself that it probably wasn't in my best interest to go do a 60-minute hot yoga class at 6 a.m. this morning. But the conversation with myself and meeting myself with self-compassion, it's like, okay, I see where you are. You're tired. But can we still go downstairs to our gym and do 15 minutes of something? And the answer was yes. And so for somebody that didn't get a lot of sleep last night, I didn't need to do a 16-minute anything. But when I checked in with my body and I was honest with myself, I was like, but I could do a 15-minute something. And this is a practice. This is a practice. This is not something that you'll get right every single time. I don't get it right every single time, but you can continue to practice and just say, you know, Hey, what's up with my body today? How's my body feeling? How am I feeling mentally and emotionally? And you can go from there. As always, if this episode resonated in any way, I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to know what you're taking away from this episode. What questions you have? Um, if it's helpful, please share. Tag me on Instagram, Natalie Brooke, Brooke is with an E Guevara. You can find out more about me, my coaching programs at updogwellnessandfitness.com. If this is something that you want to dive more deeply into, stay tuned. I have an exciting six-week coaching program that will be opening up later this month. I am so excited to be able to offer an opportunity for women with autoimmunity to get support, to understand their bodies, to understand their symptoms and how they can actually work with their symptoms rather than against them to get the results that they seek. So more details coming soon on that. Make sure if you're not already that you're on my email list, no spam there. I send out helpful tips, some things that are going through my mind, kind of like this podcast. Um, and you'll be the first to know when enrollment opens. As always, I would love it, love it, love it. Appreciate you so much. If you would stop and leave a five-star rating and review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, that just helps the show reach more viewers. As always, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you guys again soon. Really quickly before you go, I want to remind you one more time of that free masterclass Thursday, May 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the masterclass if you want to gain a deeper understanding of your Hashimoto's diagnosis and what it actually means for your life and your future and how you can use your diagnosis to begin getting results. Again, I'm going to be sharing those six mile posts that you need in order to make your own unique Hashimoto's roadmap. So head to updogwellnessandfitness.com slash roadmap to make sure that you save your seat for 30 Thursday, May 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern.